Hey there, I'm Tatsu. And I'm Jeff. And this is Button Downs and Basketball Shorts. Where we buck the fear-based narrative and explore topics in a fun and unique way. All in service of personal growth. Welcome to Button Downs and Basketball Shorts. I am your co-host, Jeff. And I am Tatsu. And we are super excited about this topic. Look for the good. Yes, yes, yes. Looking for the good in people. Yes. When you hear that, what uh, what comes to your mind? It initially makes me think of when I was growing up, and I think I remember probably most uh, most most intentionally around seventh grade, seventh, eighth, ninth grade, when I started to like really try to absorb the good parts of people and make 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 those characteristics my own. And I started to ask even my friends, like, what do you think I could improve on? And they're just looking at, looking at me like I'm, like I'm weird or something. Like, what the heck kind of question is that? You know? Um, so some of them wouldn't even ask, answer, like, dude, whatever, dude. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know? So it's like, I was, I was always, but then I was looking for both, right? Looking for the good and bad. So the, the things that I judged as good and the things I judged as bad were very present for me. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to absorb the, the good from everybody. And just whatever I judged as bad, I just wouldn't absorb and, and, and bring into my own my own character, my, my personality. Um, so yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what what it, it reminded me of. How about how about you? I think when I hear that, I I notice and remind myself of how much I would do the opposite. <laughs> mm. And I wouldn't say look for the bad per se, but look for what needs to be improved. Mm. Um, like look for the weak spot or the the thing that's like just off. Um, like I remember, I think it was like Highlights Magazine. Yeah, like yeah. Pediatrician's office or dentist's office as a kid. And it was like two pictures and it'd be like, hey, what's wrong with this picture? Mm-hmm. And you would circle the little things. That's what I would do. And that's that's still an automatic behavior of mine now. Um, doesn't matter what the thing is. It could be something silly like golf or basketball or uh, a trip, you know, a family trip. Mm. And, you know, someone asked me, oh, how was your trip? Like automatically I think of like the one thing that could have been improved or wasn't as good as I thought it could be instead of like always looking for what was good and speaking on that. Um, now if I slow myself down, I can, I can do that, especially as it relates to people, others, others for me are easier than me. Um, but I spend most of my time relating to people from what's good and not what quote unquote needs to be improved, um, either by their judgments or my judgments or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's a challenge, like the the reframe and the quickness of looking at what could or needs to be improved is fast. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. If I'm not careful, like it doesn't even register. Like I'm midway through a sentence. I'm like, what am I actually talking about right now? That's not like positive or something. That's good to somebody. That's something that needs to be improved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I used to wear it as a badge, right? Like I'll never be satisfied. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like the tennis and like, I mean, any kind of sport where you fail a lot, there's a lot of room to look at what needs to be improved. Yeah. Um, so things like celebrating wins are a good practice for me because I don't want to do it. Mm. At least my like automatic programming doesn't want to do it. Mm. Mm. You know, can hear the voice in my head like, ain't got no time for wins. I got to go fix that. Yeah. Right? Mm. Yeah. And there's an endless supply of things that need to be fixed. Right. So that train never stops moving. Mm-hmm. So then you spend days, weeks, months, years never celebrating your wins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that has an impact. So that's the kind of like um, tangent alley that I think of when I think looks for the good. Yeah, man. So, th- so what I what I hear, and it, I think both are very relatable, is there's this this inherent self judgment that is kind of like bubbling underneath underneath the surface deep somewhere and with that self-judgment now we're starting to judge outside of ourselves because we're already judging ourselves and then that's going to be projected outside outward too and then with the projection of the judgment outside of ourselves uh, in addition judgment slash comparison of ourselves to others now we start to look at what's right what's wrong what's good what's bad what needs to be fixed all of this stuff um and that's very resonant with me and i i realized late in life that i was very um self-righteous that i thought my way was right i thought my logic was sound therefore i'm right Mm. or you know um i'm a good person therefore i'm right you know like like that stuff i was it was it was all over it was all I was smearing that all over the place, um, and I was completely unaware of it until I became aware of it. <laughs> and then when I became aware of it, I was like, "Oh man, oh this is gross. This feels nasty, man." Yep, you know. Um, but it was only until then that. I could really start to see the good in people, like really see it. Not from a place of me judging someone. You know? But it, I mean, that was those decades of that that place that I was in where where I didn't know. You know. I I could I could identify a kindness and compassion and you know, being grateful for for my friends and this and that and these gestures and you know just you know recognizing the thoughtfulness and, and and all of that but i didn't really really i thought i did but i didn't really really see the good and really connect with that that goodness in people until late 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 in life why do you think 
people are better at judging people than looking at the good. Because they're so good at judging themselves. <laughs> Rather than looking at the good within themselves. We're so practiced, right? Like you're, to your point, man, the, the endless list of things could be better, things could be fixed. I can do better. I can look better. You know, I can do better. Like my life could be better. All of that is just nonstop going on in our heads. And of course, it's going to leak out. onto other people. But there's something very, very special about like purely, honestly, uh, from a, from a very humble place to look for the good in people. Mm. Now, how does, how has that, and you've gotten there over, over the years, you've gotten there too. How does that feel for you compared to before where there was more judgment underneath? Yeah, I mean, I think the the judgment piece and the like giant forever to-do list of fixing endless quote-unquote problems or things uh, like did his job. Like I got something from that. I got like busyness. And I think busyness protected me from a fear of being stuck or complacent. Because in my mind, if I was the, the rat on the wheel, I wasn't stuck or complacent. Irregardless of the wheel not going anywhere, right? Like, mm -hmm. I was still yeah. stuck and complacent in, a, in, a, in its own weird way. But I was in motion. So I think I had this fear of not achieving or not moving anything forward or being um, content in a negative way or complacent, I guess, better way to say it. So it, it gave me something, right? It was, it served a purpose. Now, I didn't know any of this at the time, right? I just thought I was living my life. Now, most of my time is spent looking and responding to the good in myself and other people. Well, that's a much more fulfilling and uh, peaceful life um, because we all got flaws. I mean, that's that's a given. And we all have things that we technically are working through and trying to improve. Big difference, though, is that's not the game I'm playing. Now. The game I'm playing is simply responding and speaking to people, you know, towards their greatness and what they're good at and complimenting them on the things they're good at and not dwelling on the things that maybe as coaches we would call gaps um, in their lives. And to me, doing that to other people helps doing that to me. And it's a much more fulfilling and satisfying life day to day. And then you remember mm -hmm. that over the years and you have way more fun enjoyment as opposed to always grinding and really like no end mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. how about yourself yeah I, I i like what you just said about like like the the enjoyment that you get from working with people there's um like one of my all-time favorite rappers krs1 shout out 
Um, he served as a role model for me from afar. And in one of his lectures, he's talked about how when you have like two MCs and one says something negative about the other, like you spit a rhyme and it's like, yeah, your stuff is whack. They both lose. Mm -hmm. You do that, right? You both lose. Because you have, now you just spit out your own negativity onto the other person. Now they might feel bad about it or maybe they might be triggered. But what you've done is you've just, you've just degraded yourself too by being that person to spit that kind of negativity, right? Yeah. But when you look at the greatness in people, the good in people, and you speak to that, you uplift them and you, and you empower yourself at the same time. So all ships rise together, right? Yep. But yet we're so practiced at the opposite, to cut each other down so that we can get some kind of edge or to make ourselves feel better because we already feel so crappy inside. You know, that's been a big, that's been a big shift for me. It's, I don't feel good if I, you know, talk bad about something or, or say that this sucks or that sucks or whatever. It just, I don't feel bad. I don't feel better. You know, even if I'm just talking about food, I'm, I'll have my opinions, of course, but it's, it's like, it's not coming from that heavy place of judgment now as much as it was before, you know, and I'm all about if, if we could continue to uplift each other now, I'm not going to lie to them either. Right? <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to lie either um, and just kind of fake it. Uh, at the same time, it's if it's with the intention of me really caring about the person and really seeing the good in them and the potential that they have, and I want to support them in, you know, reaching their the best version of themselves. Um, I think it's a win-win and I'd want them to, for them to do the same for me too. Otherwise, if they're just like, you know, blowing smoke in my face and I'm not really going to improve as much as I can either. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they talk about like people talk about energy, you know, people who take your energy and people who give you energy. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And I believe it's the same thing with negative or telling you things that you're not doing well versus things you are doing well. And to your point, right, it might be a candid conversation where you're seeking feedback on improvement. Obviously, that's not what we're talking about because that is a quest, right? But, hey, are we putting in good to, to the universe, to the world, to our surroundings, to our association? Because whatever you put in, you're going to get out, right? So I think, again, it, it, it comes from scarcity. Like, I think we we don't think we're good enough. So we use others and compare ourselves to others to validate why we're better than them. If we're better than them, then we're not the worst. Mm-hmm. Right. When in reality, like, it actually, like, doesn't matter. That has no bearing whatsoever. 
on on you, right? We don't have like human rankings, right? Right? Like right. there's an abundance of jobs and opportunities and businesses and money that we're not necessarily competing with other people as much as competing with ourselves every day. But that's not something we're taught. You know, if you think about like the classroom situation, mm-hmm. there's, you know, the top students and then the middle students and then the bottom students. Like a lot of teachers grade on a curve, which is simply you're getting graded on everyone in the class and how they do, right? Um, sports is very like, hey, there's only five starters in the basketball team. So you're competing against yourselves, right? Same with football and baseball, right? And a lot of these conventional sports, at least here in the U.S., soccer, right, that we're competing against each other. So there's all this embedded scarcity, right? Hey, there's only, you know, 15 spots in the basketball program. There's only, you know, X amount of spots in the baseball program. So we have this embedded scarcity metronome mm-hmm. that is constantly ticking. And we are looking at at ways in which we can beat that metronome clock. Mm-hmm. Right. And they say misery loves company. Yeah. So it's like it just keeps going, right? Until until you can recognize it and, and see what it is for what it's worth and how it makes you feel. Yeah. And I think it's like that old saying, like you don't know what you have until you know what you don't, right? Until you know you don't know. So, you know, we got into this coaching work, right? Spent a lot of hours and hours and hours doing some inner work and looking at how we look at things so that we can support people and how they look at things, right? We could be a blank canvas. While I'm doing that, right, I noticed man, like my automatic response to things is defensive and looking at ways to tear people down to win an argument or substantiate my beliefs or logic or whatever the thing is, right? It was combative. Or now it's like, it doesn't like trigger that, right? I'm, I'm hearing something and I might say like, oh, that's a like really cool thought. Like, appreciate that like it, I never thought of it that way right it's not it has nothing to do with me like we can all have independent thoughts and beliefs and it's fine there's plenty of room at the table for that mm-hmm. instead of no there's got to be one way mm-hmm. but that one way was usually my way mm-hmm. you know like yesterday I played nine holes of golf with my brother-in-law and we got matched up with this one guy. Um, I think he was, uh, he's probably had a hard life, but super charismatic. But off the bat, even even in the parking lot, we didn't even know who this guy was. Or we weren't even, we didn't know we were matched up with him. He just started ripping on us. Just like sarcastic jokes, you know, racial stuff too, but kind of in a very joking way. And he's like, you know, he's like, I'm just messing with you guys, you know, this and that. Very loud and boisterous. And he was just going the whole time, just John, 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 right? But I was having fun with it. I know my brother-in-law and this other guy that, that we were matched up with, they were kind of kind of 
you know, pers- completely different personalities. So they were kind of getting annoyed. But I was like, okay, well, I, man, this guy's very charismatic. I want a cup of that charisma, if, if, if at all, anything, right? And also, like, I could see, like, there's this kindness and softness in his eyes, too. And I could feel his heart. Even though his mouth was saying, every other word was a curse word the whole time. But that, what, two and a half hours. Every other word. Loud, too. Um, <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, but because I practiced so much of this, it didn't, it didn't trigger me at all. And I was just connecting with that, that humanity of him. Oh. He was talking, I mean, he was talking about, you know, what drug haven't I done yet? Um, I don't even remember how many lines of Coke I did this morning. Like, it's, it's craziness, right? But it was like, man, I, I didn't even want to say anything back to him, you know, because that's just not who I am anymore. I didn't have it in me to just like, just, just jaw back at him. I mean, I threw a, a few little jabs, but you know, it was all in, in good fun. Um, but to be able to do that, that was like very, you know, surface level golf, all good, whatever, right? Having a good time. But if I was in like a, like a deep relationship and something came up and it really hit me, you know, to the core, mm. can I stay there? You know, can I stay locked in and, and giving the benefit of the doubt that the goodness in there, in them is there and it didn't come out the way they, it sounded that I received it as, mm. which was like, you know, triggering me. You know, I think that's when it gets really, really uh, interesting to be able to um, see how I respond in those types of situations. Well, yeah, and even in that scenario, you're willing to look past um, the delivery method or the surface of this guy, and you can hear and see how he's charismatic, and this is his way of communicating and bonding and connecting right and that's probably like what he goes to you know and he's nervous or mm. uh, not sure what to say and um again a lot of people wouldn't even be able to be with that and not condoning that right you don't have to be with that but that's an example of, like taking a look behind the surface mm. you know it sounds like that guy just wanted connection and some love and that's kind of so, how, how he just pals around and delivers it. I think so. Because he opened up a little bit about, you know, his, his upbringing. He's like, I've lived in every hood, you know, whether it's New York, Chicago, um, just rough life. A lot of drugs, all of that. I mean, he looked like a homeless Rashid Wallace. Um, but he took a bus. We saw him at the bus station with his golf club. So he took a bus to get there. You know? Okay. Um, at the end, he, he bet me, he bet me a dollar close to the pin. It was like the last hole and I felt kind of bad for, for taking that dollar from him, but kind of not, but, uh, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> it was, it was, you don't get, you don't get to meet people like that very often. At least I don't. So it was like super, 
super interesting. And, and we did we did connect on a, on a deeper level, which was really nice. Nice. Yeah. Cool. So again, this this idea that we've spent a lot of time in over the years of really transferring the self righteous and the judgment and the blaming to looking for the good in people. What could our listeners take on to help support that shift if it's something they want to do? I think a common action or reaction, I guess, would be for for us to uh, gossip and to carry on gossip, especially when someone says something to us about someone and then we just jump on it. You know, yeah, that person sucks or yeah, they did that to me too. Or like, um, I think a good practice would be noticing if we're getting sucked into a, a, a gossip hole, mm. a gossip black hole, just noticing first. And if so, don't go in there. Practice not going in there. Let it go. Let, let them say what they need to say, but nothing negative to, to, to not let the negative come out of your mouth. You don't even have to say positive. Just to not say anything <laughs> would be a big change from saying something negative, continuing that, that gossip. How about, how about you? Nice. Yeah, I like that one. Um, I would say practice noticing and writing down. And if you want to say them, great. Um, just the positive attributes of the people around you. You know, start with, you know, if you're married or if you have a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever the thing is, or you live with your family, start writing down the people you are closest with, some of their positive attributes, what they do well, what do you appreciate about them? Um, like, what do you feel around their presence, right? In in a positive way, I think this will start help to reframe, right? Especially if you're doing that and you're not pleased with that person, and uh, you still are doing that as well. And and then again, challenges to share that, you know, share some of that with someone. A lot of people go around undervalued and underappreciated. So anytime we can support changing that and shifting that um to acknowledge who they are is a good thing in my opinion mm -hmm. love that man awesome awesome where can the peeps go find us all the links are in our show notes find us on social media instagram facebook jeffmillercoaching.com um, of course find us on all the streaming platforms please share like comment um, send us any topics that you might want to hear us discuss here on this show. And uh, as always, brother, enjoy this conversation, man. Likewise, man. Looking forward to the next one. Thank you for checking out this episode of Button Downs and Basketball Shorts. And if you got some value today, please subscribe and share. And we'll see you on the next one.